Before we get started tonight, I do have a couple of uh, prayer requests that I'd like us to just join our hearts in in prayer. Um, One, um, Alicia mentioned that there was a, um, I guess, a murder-suicide here in Monrovia. Um, A parent and a child, I don't know the details, but apparently, like one of the boyfriend, girlfriend, parents. But they were they were parents of the child, yeah. So um, anyway, there was a, it was a murder suicide, and the children. I guess the kids were uh, go to the school that Alicia teaches at. Is that right, Alan? Did I get that story about right? Okay, so that's a terrible tragedy, and the fact that it's happened right here in this community just adds a burden to my heart tonight. So I'd like us to pray for that, and then I also uh, have been informed Laura um, Rodriguez told us about a family. Um, Laura, help me out. Someone that has got lung cancer. Is, is this a man or a woman? To Yvette. Yvette? Okay. The, totally unexpected. Uh, this is someone that is a friend of Liz and Henry. Okay. So there was a couple that uh, have been fellowshipping with us at, the, at our married couples fellowship and very good friends of theirs, this woman has come down with cancer, just totally normal. She's, how old is she? 42. And went in just, uh, I guess, getting some kind of a cough, and uh, they found cancer in both lungs and very advanced. So we want to pray for Erica and the surrounding family. So let's, uh, let's pray for those, those huge needs this, this evening, and then let's also ask the Lord to bless our time of study in his word. Father, we are so grateful to be able to come to you uh, in worship and to draw near to you, Lord. And Lord, we now, now that we are near in your presence, God, and our hearts have just been kind of humbled before you and our heart and mind is in right state of mind, Lord, we just want to bring our request to you, Lord, and ask that you would help in some very difficult situations. Lord, uh, a tragedy has happened in the community here in Monrovia, um, a murder and suicide. We don't know all the details, Lord, but this is, it sounds similar to what we see from time to time in the headlines, Lord, and uh, just um, almost an overwhelming type of tragedy, Lord. We, we hear these things, and we, we can't imagine how they could even happen. We can't imagine our times. God, if anything, I pray that you would use it to sober the hearts of the church, I pray that you would use it, Lord, to, to speak into the heart of this community, that once again you would open the eyes of people to see the desperate need that we have, Lord, for you and your saving grace in our lives. Lord, when these things happen, what can we do? We pray for the families, we pray for the innocent, Lord, and we ask that you would somehow use even this horrible thing for a furthering of your kingdom, God. Not that you did this, not that you planned this, not that this was something you even imagined. But Lord, in spite of this evil, we believe that you are able to bring something good, something of victory, even in the midst of this tragedy, Lord. So we ask that you would do that, Lord. We also want to pray, Lord, for Erica and the family. This shocking news, Lord, of a 42-year-old, a uh, woman who goes into the hospital, goes into the see the doctor because of a cough, 
and finds out that she has very limited time to live, that she has cancer that is advanced in both lungs. Lord, we, we just have to wonder what, what would any of us do with that kind of news to go from feeling like we may live for another 40, 50 years to find out that death is at the doorstep, Lord. Lord, first of all, we want to pray for healing. We want to ask that you would touch this woman, Lord. It's not beyond you. Nothing is too difficult for you, God. And I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would reverse this cancer. I pray that you would perform a miracle, Lord, and that it would give glory and testimony to you and your power. And Lord, we also want to pray just for the family and the, uh, those that, that are just probably numbed by this news, God, just can't even believe that it's true. Lord, I pray that you would use this once again as opportunity for you by your spirit to speak into the hearts of men. Lord, we are feeble. Life is just a vapor. Lord, men are not strong. Men are not eternal in themselves, in the flesh. Lord, we are, we are in desperate need. We are just one step, one phone call away from, from tragedy, O oh Lord, and we need to be about our Father's business. We need to be living sober-minded, Lord. We need to be alert. We need to be prayerful. Oh, God, we need to be about your work. And so may this stir our hearts, even as a people, Lord, just to be reminded of how fragile life is, that we would not take it for granted, young or old, that we would, know, we would live our days for you. Lord, that as Moses prayed, Lord, you would help us to number our days, that each day would be valuable, each day would be an opportunity to serve you. And God, that's what draws us here tonight in looking to your word, is because we want to serve you. We want to be stirred by your word. We want to be instructed, Lord. We ask that you would speak to our hearts now, God, out of your word. And Lord, we're studying such an appropriate passage, this passage of the Apostle Paul written to Timothy concerning how to respond in perilous times. We can't help but think, Lord, we are living in those times that the Apostle Paul predicted. And Lord, we need to be uh, attentive to these instructions now. We believe they will give us very... Uh, give us life and insight right for our own lives as well. So speak to us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been uh, looking at Second Timothy and taking our time working through the chapter. Tonight, uh, we'll continue our study. Um, this will be a second part of a study entitled Responding to Perilous Times. We take that from really chapter 3 and verse 1, but know this, Paul said, that in the last days, perilous times will come. He goes on to describe what those times would be like, that men would be lovers of themselves and all of the fruit that that would bear out in the lives of men. And certainly we can identify with a lot of these things that they are going on in our own society and culture and we can't help but think, Lord, these perilous times are here. How do, what do we do? What do the righteous do in this, these perilous times? And last week we looked at um, Paul's instruction that there are some things that we must turn away from. Um, we saw that in... Uh, verse was that? Sorry. Verse 5, 
he, after he gives the, the list of those uh, individual, individual traits that you'll see, he says, and from such people turn away. And we looked at that last week, the, the types of ministries, the types of ministers, the types of individuals, some who may even call themselves Christians, that we need to turn away from them. We need to be discerning as a church and a people of God. And tonight what I'd like to look at, starting um, in verse 10, is Paul talking about things that we should carefully follow. Last week we looked at things we should turn away, and tonight we begin to look at some things that we should carefully follow. And the first thing that I believe Paul describes, uh, he, he really encourages Timothy to follow him. Timothy, follow me and my ministry, my character, those things that you have seen and known of me. You need to follow those. Paul says that in another place, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul recognized that as an apostle, God had given him you know, uh, leadership in the church, and he knew that his heart was after God, and he knew that God was leading him and directing his life. And so he encouraged others, hey, as I follow the Lord, join me, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's something that he's encouraging Timothy here tonight uh, in, in this letter here, and we'll look at it tonight. So the first thing that I see him in, in encouraging Timothy to follow is his ministry. Paul describes the kind of the characteristics of his own ministry. And these are the types of things that we want to be following. We want to identify the kinds of ministries that we want to align ourselves with. So starting there in verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. And that's the first thing that he points out is doctrine. Timothy you're safe because you're following my doctrine. Now, the word doctrine simply means teaching or instruction. Paul was careful to teach sound doctrine. Paul was ter- careful to teach the Word of God. And he encourages Timothy to carefully follow that doctrine. You know, what you, what you believe, what you study, what you listen to is important spiritually that what you allow yourselves to be learning and what type of ministry you're exposed to is going to impact the way you live your Christian life. It's going to determine you know, the strength of your spiritual life, even in perilous times, how important doctrine is. If someone says, oh, doctrine, you know, that's boring. It's just, you know, just come together and love one another. And, you know, there's, of course, we do want to come together and love But what we teach and the doctrine that we, uh, that we proclaim is vitally important. And Paul exhorts Timothy to continue following this this doctrine. In Acts 20 and verse 27, Paul said this to the Ephesian uh, elders. Paul is writing to Timothy, who has ministry oversight in Ephesians, but he said when he was there himself, he said in Acts 20, 27, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, Paul labored in teaching the Bible, in in teaching the Word, in laying down doctrine. What we have in the epistles here is Paul's writing out of doctrine. Paul labored diligently to teach people the truth. And he says, Timothy, you've carefully followed this doctrine, and that doctrine, these things that we teach, are vitally important to your spiritual life. I'll quote you from Warren Wiersbe. He says this, No matter how appealing a preacher may be, If he does not preach the truth of God's word, he does not deserve our support. On radio and TV today, we have a great deal of pseudo-Christianity, which is a mixture of psychology, success motivation, and personality cults, with a little bit of Bible thrown in to make it look religious. Beware. 
I can't agree with that more. How discerning we need to be. Really listen to the doctrine that you're hearing. Is it consistent with the Word of God? What is it exalting? Is it exalting Christ? Is it encouraging you to live a life of sacrifice and devotion to Him? To lay down your own way and to embrace Him? As John the Baptist said, I must decrease and He must increase. Is that the spirit of the doctrine? Or does the doctrine seem to be self-exalting and success-oriented and, and appealing to, the, to that carnal man, that selfish desires that we all have? So those are this just you know as you listen to what doc what kind of doctrine what teachers and preachers are saying, try to read between the lines. Don't get caught up in the in the message. Try to discern what who is being exalted here. What's being lifted up? Is it man, or is it Jesus Christ? That's why Paul said, "I have not shared to declare to you the whole counsel of God." He goes on to say in that passage, "I held nothing back. I gave it all to you." And you know when I was with you, I was in tears and in labor and struggle. You know how I worked diligently among you to teach all of God's word to you. Not just little highlights, parts that might bring you back next week, but the whole counsel. Because I don't want you to be ill-equipped. I don't want you to be unprepared or unaware. I want to give you the full counsel of God because you're going to need it. Incredibly gifted speakers, great stories, sincere, warm, funny, feel good, down to earth, all that's fine. But if the doctrine is not sound, beware. Secondly, there in verse 10, he says, You have carefully followed my doctrine and my manner of life. Paul lived out an example of someone in ministry. You know, that's important. And I think that uh, this is the kind of thing that we need to consider as well. Uh, we want our lives to be an example. And we want those, that, those ministries that we submit our lives to, we want to observe and see, you know, is their manner of life something that is similar to what we would expect to see of those serving Christ? Paul lived a life of sacrifice. He was a servant. He was not a celebrity. He was a servant. I'll, let me read you this passage. Jesus said to this, uh, this young man who wanted to follow him in Luke 9, 57 and 58. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus said, look, you want to follow me, there, there may be some sacrifice. There may be, it may cost you something to follow Jesus with all your heart. Chances are it will. If you're looking to follow Jesus in hopes of, you know, coming into something really exciting and good for yourself, and, and I believe the Christian life is exciting and is good, but it often comes at personal sacrifice. Because he's interested in developing something spiritually in us. He's interested in developing something not in the natural, but something that will be eternal. I want you to turn with me now to the book of Acts, chapter 20. I've already quoted from it, but I want you to look at it with me. Uh, when, this is when Paul, the Apostle Paul, was saying goodbye to the elders at the church in Ephesus. And he really pours his heart out. And again, we're, we're talking about manner of life. Paul is encouraging Timothy 
to follow his ministry, both his doctrine and now also his manner of life, the way he conducted himself in ministry. And if you pick it up with me in Acts 20 and verse 17, and just follow along with me. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Notice here that Paul, Paul lived among the people. Paul was not a celebrity. Paul was not unapproachable. Paul was not some aloof minister. Paul, I lived among... I, I, I rolled my sleeves up and we worked together. I was with you. I lived my life in front of you. Jesus was that way. Remember, he was accessible. He was, he was hanging out with the sinners, right? Having, eating and, and dining with the tax collectors. And the religious people thought him to be very, you know, um, unclean to be hanging out with such a motley group. But that's what Jesus, Jesus said. I came, the, the, it's the sick that need a physician. I came to to save sinners. I came to reach out to the people. And I believe that Paul is encouraging this in Timothy. Then Paul, because this is the way Paul ministered. He loved the people. There was something about, you know, just living among the people uh, that, you know, gave example for them and really endeared their hearts to him. Read on verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Many tears and many trials. That will often follow ministry. That will often come along with ministry. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul was... um, Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This was the manner of life. This is the manner of life that he encourages Timothy to continue to follow. Paul, Paul saying, Timothy, ministry is a walk of serving. It's, a, it's something of humility. It's, 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 it's living amongst the people, rolling your sleeves up and helping and getting your hands dirty and loving and house to house if you have to, night and day, with tears, with trial. Timothy, this is the kind of ministry you need to follow. Follow me in my manner of life, the way I've conducted myself in the church of God. Don't hold anything back. Continue to to love the people. Continue to reach out with all that you have. This is the type of ministry that we need to aspire to. This is the type of ministry that we need to carefully follow. Turn back with me to 2 Timothy. We're still there in verse 10. Carefully follow my doctrine, manner of life. He also says purpose. I believe that purpose there in verse 10, back in 2 Timothy 3, I think that speaks to motive. Motive for ministry. The Bible talks about some, some ministers being hirelings. They do it for the money. They do it as a profession. They do it for the, you know, just like you would go to work, but they, they don't do it because they've been called of God, but rather they've been, someone's hired them to function in ministry. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with ministers being paid for their work, but if that's their motive, and that's their only motive, then there's something wrong. Paul is saying, my purpose, my purpose was to obey God. 
God called me into this. I, you have to be called of God to serve in ministry. We don't call ourselves. We don't aspire to that. It's not some career choice. It's something that God calls. And God's got a calling on each of us. God has something for all of us in the body of Christ. Called of God for His glory. Paul said in Philippians 1.21, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I already quoted this to you, John 3.30. John the Baptist said, He must increase, but I must decrease. This speaks to the motive. What is our motive? Our motive is to see the kingdom of God advanced. Our motive is not to build some empire unto ourselves. Our motive is not to you know, create something that we can show off in the community. Our motive is to see God's kingdom furthered in this place. And just with the news we had tonight, I mean, in Monrovia... This type of thing going on. This isn't some something that you you know reading about in another state or some shocking you know thing that happens some other place of the country. Right here in our in your own neighborhood, these types of things. We need the kingdom of God advancing in this place. This is our motive to see Christ reaching out and saving, to see the kingdom of God advancing. This is my purpose. My own emptiness and aimlessness. I'm. Uh, I can remember my own life uh, when I wasn't really pursuing ministry. I'm telling you, it was empty. I'm telling you, uh, there, was a, there was just an aimlessness about me. Oh, I was going through the motions of career and family and going to church. But until I kind of really allowed the Lord's purpose for my life to sink into my heart and begin to um, kind of put me to work, I'll tell you, I've I, not turned back. I, I just feel, Lord, this is it. This is the great work that I want to be a part of. This is what I want my life to be about. I want to be doing the Father's business. Paul even said, Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul was compelled. The call of God was heavy on him. He, his purpose, his motive was to obey God's calling for his life. Look also there. He says, Faith. Manner of life, purpose, faith. This word is the Greek word pistis, and it really better translated faithfulness. So he's not talking about his faith, his, his belief in Christ, but rather his faithfulness in ministry, his reliability. In 1 Corinthians 4, 1, Paul said this, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That same word, pistis, that one be found faithful. Timothy, you've carefully followed my faithfulness, my reliability. Quitting is not an option in ministry. My faithfulness, I, I stick to the task. I keep going. You know, this is, this is a pattern for anyone that aspires for ministry. I, wanna, I don't know about you, but I want to carefully follow Paul's example. That's the kind of minister I want to be. That's the kind of ministry that I want to be you know, involved in in my own life. So faithfulness is something that Paul encourages. He goes on to say character, again, back in verse 10. I'm sorry, faith. That he, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's the next point on my outline, character. Um, we've been talking about the, the type of ministry. I think now Paul is also talking about the type of character, his character in the ministry. Faithfulness is one of those things. Also, he is long-suffering. That word long-suffering means patience. Suffers long with difficult situation. 
quote from John MacArthur on this topic is worth quoting. Paul is speaking of the resolute and persistent spirit of the servant of Christ who never gives up and never gives in, regardless of the cost. Such patience is more than an attitude. It is a determined way of life and and is a certain mark of the Christian who lives in uncompromising devotion to his Lord and to the work of his kingdom. This long-suffering is a... um, it's a making up of your mind. And you know, if you're going to accomplish anything, really, you have to kind of set your heart and mind to it. And it's nothing less in the kingdom of God. Now, we can't do anything apart from the grace of God. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You have to abide in me and me in you, and that's how you produce fruit. So it's not by just our own self-determination. I'm not saying that you can somehow self-will yourself into fruitful ministry. It takes the grace of God. It takes the, the abiding presence of His Spirit. But there must be a set, a, a made-up mind that this is the way I'm going to live my life. You need to ask yourself, what have you made up your mind yet? You know, I, I ask my, my sons this from time to time. What kind of a man do you want to be? What kind of a man have you made up in your mind that you're going to be? What's, how are we going to define you? Have, you? have you got a picture of what you want to be? Have you determined in your heart that this is where you're going and this is what you're going to do? What, do you want to be a man whose, whose word is not reliable? Do you want to be a man whose character is questionable? Do you want to be a man who's doesn't see things through to completion. Do you want to be... These are just character issues. Paul is saying, look, my ministry, one of the characteristics that's been required in ministry is long-suffering, patience, a determination. This is where I'm going. This is what my life is about. I've set my course. The psalmist said, Lord, I set my face like flint, like stone, like a rock to seek you. My purpose and my course are set. And that's, I believe that God is looking for that in the heart of his children. A determination, a resolve. Lord, I'm going all the way with you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to abide in you. I'm not interested in the world and the things of the world. I'm, I'm, I'm running a race. I'm setting my course. I want to finish strong. And I want to put my heart, put my hand to the plow and not look back. Long-suffering will be required. You won't, it, it, there's, quitting is not an option. It's not something you should even think about. We must make up our mind, set our course, and be patient in the work that God gives us. Well, he also says love. Back to verse 10 there. Long-suffering then says love. That's the, that's the God kind of love, the agape love, the unconditional love. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. One of the things that must be in the heart of a minister, must be a characteristic of a minister, is the love of God must be shed abroad in his heart. This is, not a, this is not man's love. It's not a love that we can work up. It's not a feeling. This is not an emotion. This is the love of God 
poured into our hearts. Paul said, the love of God constraineth me. That lo- that meaning that the love of God compels me. It controls my, my ministry. I, I serve faithfully because God's love is burning in my heart to see others saved, to, to reach out and see men reconciled to God. Paul encourages Timothy that this must be a characteristic that you carefully follow. We know in 1 Corinthians 13, the, the, the often quoted love chapter, and I'll quote some of that, but one of the things that Paul points out that you can do a lot of things, but if you don't have love, those things are worthless. Love has to be the foundation for ministry. God's love touching you, God's love reaching through you. If you don't care about the people in your, you know, outside the building, the people here, you need to ask yourself, you know, Lord, what's wrong with me? Honestly, if I have, if if, if I don't have a concern when I hear this news that someone has killed a child and committed suicide in my in our neighborhood here, something ought to rise up on the inside. Oh my God! Not just in a disgust, but Lord, these people are lost. People need help. They need Jesus. They need the gospel. The love of God needs to be burdening us because His love is burdened. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He's held nothing back. And He's poured that love in you and I. And it needs, and that's why 1 John said, if, if you don't have love, God's not in you. And if God is in you in truth, then the love, that love for others has to be something that would compel you and compel your actions. I'll read to you 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love is a characteristic of the type of ministry and uh, thing that the type of character that we need to carefully follow. Finally, there in verse 10, he says, perseverance. And perseverance speaks to endurance. It, it literally means to remain under. It means to bear up under difficult times. Ministry, uh, one of the characteristics that, that we need to have in our hearts today, if we're going to be equipped for perilous times, we're going to have to have some perseverance. Hebrews 10.36, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Galatians 6.9, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Perseverance, that ability to hang in there, that characteristic that doesn't get discouraged and overwhelmed when difficult circumstances come against us. How many of you have found that difficult circumstances find their way to your door? As much as we try to avoid them, and we work so hard to try to make things just so in our lives, and yet it's just part of life. And I'm so thankful that Paul, in encouraging Timothy, says, hey, this, expect this. Peter says in, in his epistle, 
consider it not strange at this fiery ordeal. Don't think it's, you know, like something really out of the ordinary is happening to you when you encounter a difficult situation. It's part of life in this world. And it's part of life in Christ. It's part of you know, our walk as, as Christians. And when you live in perilous times, you're going to have to have some endurance. Paul is saying, this is, you're going to need this. These are, the, these are the qualities you're going to have to have developed in your life if you're going to survive in perilous times. And we're living in perilous times. I'm telling you, I, I just, I, I don't know, the Lord's stirring me and I'm not a prophet, I'm not a kind of a gloom and doom prophet. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I don't, I don't have any prophetic vision of something on the horizon. But just in my spirit, I'm stirred up. Lord, you know, we're just, we're, it just, just feels like we're on the edge of, of you know, disaster. You know, the stock market, the, the terrorist things, the violence in the culture, the entertainment. The, there's just so much pressing in. It's like, Lord, you know, the church has got to rise up. The church has got to be purified and strengthened. These are the times that, you know, we're destined for these times. Lord, you put us here not to be overwhelmed, but to shine. You're, you're not here by accident. This is the generation God chose for you. And this is the generation God knew that you would be best suited for because he's working all things together for good. So he's placed us here at this time, as, as Mordecai told Esther, for such a time as this. And you're going to need perseverance. You're going to need endurance. Don't look for easy times. Don't look for everything to be rosy. Oh, God will bless and God will strengthen and there will be wonderful times along the way. Paul talks about joy unspeakable. But he also talks about many tears and many trials and man, I had there's just times, guys, where I just had to hang in there. And I can just tell you from my own personal life that, you know, there's been times when I just had to hang in there. I didn't know what to do. Lord, I, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not looking for any revelation. Lord, I'm just hanging on for dear life. I'm just hanging in there. And you may find times like that, and that's perseverance, the ability to remain under difficult circumstances. Don't let your heart grow weary. You will receive the promise. In due season, you will reap. God will bless. God will bring you through. Perseverance. Let's look at, well, we don't really have much time to look much farther. Well, we got through verse 10. Um, all right. Let me go ahead and just try to get us through verse 13, and we'll close here tonight. So if you're following my thoughts here, just kind of recap my outline. How do we respond to perilous times? Certain things that we need to be carefully following. 10A, ministry, 10B, character. And I'll say verse 11 through 13, Paul says, talks about difficult experience. Look at verse 11 through 13. Persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. And out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul talks about his difficult experience. 
And, he, and again, remember, he's saying, Timothy, you've, you've carefully followed. You've, you've, you're following in my footsteps. You were there. And Timothy was there for a lot of Paul's uh, difficult experiences. Timothy was there when Paul got, you know, run out of town and stoned and left for dead. Timothy saw a lot of the persecution. I mean, literally was there when Paul was mistreated. So he knew what Paul was talking about. Timothy, you're you're following in my footsteps. You know what I endured. You saw the trouble. And believe me, men are going to be getting worse. And they're going to become, men are going to continue to be deceived and deceiving others. Difficult times, Timothy. You need to, you've, you've been there and you need to understand that those are things that God will use in the heart of a minister to develop the things that you need for ministry and the things that you're going to need in perilous times. Difficult experiences, I believe, help us um, to become more effective in ministry. I think it may, causes us to become real. It really it weeds out the chaff. It it, it it weighs out your motives. I remember Pastor Chuck Smith telling a story recently to a group of pastors, and I had the privilege of being there, and he, he talked about the early years in ministry. And he said, for the first 17 years in ministry, I had to work a secular job to support the family because it's a small church, wasn't able to support me and my family. And he said, we did that for 17 years. And he said, I'm so glad. You know, I thought, I thought he was going to say something like, you know, oh, it was so horrible, it was so difficult. But he said, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to go through that because he, he, it, it totally purified my heart, assured of my motive. God, he understood that God gave him that difficult situation, pastoring, working, family, trying to, support it all and working. He said, you know, he talked about working in the middle of the night, you know, and night jobs and things that he had to do. And it was hard. But he's so thankful that the Lord brought him through that because it totally uh, called. I'm obviously not doing it for the income. So it just, the Lord used all of that to solidify his calling and his heart. And I believe that's something that happened in the life of Paul. You know, when you go through these difficult kinds of things in service to God, it, it purges you. It, it weeds out the, the pretenders, doesn't it? It really calls us to a, a life of commitment and sacrifice. And, and God will give opportunity to, 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 you know, fire that and burn off the chaff. God will give opportunity to put you in that kiln and uh, purify your heart. Paul talks about that. And I, I think that you and I have to be ready to carefully follow Listen, if you're going to live in perilous times, church, you're going to have some difficult experiences. I know that's not necessarily what you look forward to, and I know that I don't, but I've got to tell you that I've been through some, and I expect to go through more. Paul was persecuted. He was, Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Well, I'm also glad that he said to Timothy that even though all those difficulties and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Verse 11, God's delivering power. God will give you grace to endure the trial. God will bring you out on the other side of difficulty. God will use that difficulty to show his glory. Pastor told me once, 
A great testimony comes out of a great test. Without the test, there's no great testimony. Would you like to have a testimony? Would you like to be able to tell someone the great things that God has done for you? Well, some of those great things that He's going to be doing for you are going to, is going to be bringing you through difficult experiences. You're going to be able to say, hey, this is what was happening, but God brought me through, just like Paul is saying. Timothy, you were there. I suffered all these, uh, but God delivered me out of them all. Here I am, still today, writing, preaching, sharing the gospel. God still using my life for his glory. Difficult circumstances. These are, we're talking about things that we need to be prepared to carefully follow. In, in responding to difficult times, guys, this, the, these are the tools you're going to need. This is part of the arsenal you're going to need. God, Paul said in Ephesians, you know, take up the full armor of God. These are some of the, you're going to have to have endurance. You're going to have to be ready, prepared to go through some difficult experiences so that God can bring you through them and that you can have that testimony of what God has brought you through. And we have, you, many of you have those types of testimonies already. And that's part of what God is doing in your life to build faith, to build character, to make you effective for ministry. All will experience it, Paul said. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. But these are the things that God uses in our lives to make us even more effective, and especially in perilous times. Amen. Let's close in prayer. We'll pick up next week on this study. Lord, I want to thank you for your word tonight. I want to thank you that that Paul wrote these passages and by the Holy Spirit prophetically spoke of last days that would include perilous times. Lord, in the day that we are living in, I draw great encouragement from those words. Lord, if we didn't have those words, we might really wonder, Lord, what's going on? Lord, have you left the earth? Lord, have you, are, are, are you, is your kingdom still around? Are, 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 have you left us alone, Lord? Have you, you know, what's happening? But Lord, because you gave us this instruction in the word, we know exactly what's happening and we find encouragement, we find strength. Lord, what's happening is exactly what you said would happen. This just increases my confidence in the word. This just increases my confidence in God and what he's doing. You saw this, Lord. You saw this nearly 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. And as you were preparing him for his times of ministry and the things that he would need to be equipped with, Lord, so you were, you were thinking about us because your word is eternal. Your word is written, Lord, for all generations, and it's relevant in all culture. And so today, Lord, we embrace these truths and we have to say, Lord, we, from, from best I can tell, we are living in those last days, perilous times. And yet, Lord, I don't want us to be overwhelmed. That's the encouragement of the word here. The, the instruction is, not, is given so that we can be strong in these times. And Lord, I just want to pray. I want to pray for the church tonight. Those that are here and, and those, some that are not here, Lord, that, that belong to our fellowship. And I want to pray for the young people here among us tonight. Lord, I would ask that you would pour out your spirit on our hearts and lives 
and that you would stir us up. God, it's not a time to be casual with our faith. It's not a time to be distracted with all of our own affairs. There is a life and death, light and darkness, kingdom battle that is raging all about us. Lord, it's, it's high time for the church to rise up to the occasion. To, to answer the call, to respond to our generation with faith, with perseverance, with love, with endurance, with long-suffering. Oh, God, would you stir our hearts tonight? And by your Spirit, God, we can't, we can't, we can't work it up in our emotions. There's nothing that I can do as a pastor to, to, to stir it up in anybody, Lord. It's got to be your spirit. But Lord, I have to believe as I look at the darkness that we are living in, I have to believe that you have a response to these things. And I believe that the response is your people rising up in faith, rising up and being the light and the salt that you've called us to be. Lord, I don't, I, I don't want to stir it up emotionally. I, I, it won't last. I don't, I don't want anything in the flesh. I'm asking you for do, to do something genuinely, Lord, in the Spirit, and that we would respond, that we would give place to the Spirit of God. The Bible talks about us having the ability to quench the Spirit, to grieve the Spirit, that we, we have an ability, Lord, as human beings to kind of just um, set the things of God aside, and I'm asking you, Lord, to stir us in such a way that will overcome us, that you will overwhelm us with your presence, overwhelm us with your purpose, this great work of the kingdom in, these, in, in a generation, Lord, that's been given to us, that we have been handpicked for. This is, these are your last time saints, handpicked for this time, for this season. Lord, I pray that you would stir us in such a way that we would be effective for um, the work of the ministry, equipped for every good work. Lord Jesus, do this that only you can do. Our hearts are open. Lord, if there's anything that isn't, if there's any, anything that we're holding back, Lord, help us to lay it down. Help us to make the response to you that I believe you're looking for. Because I, I think you want to work, Lord. I don't, think you're, I don't think you're overwhelmed tonight. I don't think you're... You're tired and running out of energy. Lord, I think you're, you're willing and powerful and wanting to work, and I believe you will work in the lives and hearts of those that uh, allow the grace of God to flow. So, Lord, we, we hide ourselves in you tonight. We run to you tonight, Lord. We thank you for these words. We pray that it would, you would use it to stir our hearts. We pray that you would use it, Lord, um, to equip us for the work of ministry. So much to be done, Lord. Every day, in every life, oh God, there's a, there's a mission field. We don't have to go far, Lord. It's all about us. Help us, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.